Join, converse, inspire. This is the JCI Canada podcast. Hello, and welcome to the JCI Canada podcast. This is Sue Salamosi, one of JCI Canada's 2020 National Vice Presidents and your host for Join, Converse, Inspire. Throughout 2020, my goal is to explore as many facets of JCI as possible to bring education, knowledge, and inspiration to our members. Follow the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or pretty much any other listening platform you may use. Please reach out with any questions and enjoy today's episode. Today, we're talking about JCI Canada's 2019 National Project of the Year, JCI Kelowna's Sustainable Development Challenge. This project not only won the coveted award at last year's National Convention, it was also one of the top three projects at the Virtual Area Conference earlier this year. First up, we hear from our 2019 International Vice President for JCI America, Nadia Meret, from JCI Belgium. She was here last September for our national convention and ran a training for us on the Sustainable Development Goals. I sat down with her and Neil Fitzgerald from the American Development Council to learn more about how the SDGs tie in to JCI. Following that interview, I chat with JCI Kelowna's 2020 Chapter President, Danielle Hofer, about the Sustainable Development Challenge project. And, as a special treat to round off this episode, I had a conversation with the student team who blew us all out of the water at this year's challenge with their Education for Her project. These girls not only provide menstrual kits to young girls in Uganda so they can continue going to school through their monthly period cycle, they also propose a business plan to educate and empower those girls to develop their own businesses, thereby making this project sustainable. Through all of these interviews, you will hear a common thread with SDG number four, quality education. With this goal, the United Nations aims to ensure that all girls and boys complete free, equitable, and quality primary and secondary education. This SDG sits at the base of all the other sustainable development goals, where good teachers recognize our spark for knowledge, Knowledge gives advantage, and education creates sustainable impact. When everyone has an education, they can work more towards fixing other problems in the world. So I feel mm-hmm. like if more people have an education, they can work towards other of the more of the like numbers and more of the goals. Quality education is the solution for many of the other goals because if you know a lot, you reduce inequality, you can find a better work, you can make more money so you have less hunger, so your health will be better. So for me, the education is the key of all the rest. You know, we need people like this, not just youth, but people in general to stand up, to talk about the issues that are hard to talk about and really make an impact. Welcome, Nadia. So SDG in, in short is Sustainable Dev- Development Goals are um, 17 goals adopted by the United Nations in September 2015 during the um, General Assembly. And these 17 goals are meant to be addressed and solved by 2030 in order to increase the quality of life on Earth for all human beings and for the quality of life even of, of each living being on the world. Les objectifs du développement durable sont donc 17 objectifs qui ont été adoptés lors de la, l'Assemblée générale 
des Nations Unies en septembre 2015 et euh, ils, sont, en fait, ils ont été mis en place afin d'éradiquer la pauvreté et les difficultés, euh, les défis dans le monde et pour augmenter la qualité de vie de chaque être humain et de chaque être vivant sur Terre. Okay, so then we have our 17 sustainable development goals for basically creating positive change and, and making the world a better place. So can you elaborate a little bit more on how that ties into what, what we strive to do in JCI? So we are empowering young people to create, create positive change in our world. So the sustainable development goals are actually 17 tools for us to focus on where we want to go by 2030 and beyond. And we should link each of our projects we are realizing to one or several of these uh, SDGs in order to really make a positive impact with what we are doing. And investing our energy in something sustainable um, for the future. I really like how you labeled the goals themselves as a tool. They're, they're effectively something that we can use And, and directly apply to our projects. What can JCI do to help achieve those goals? We have 17 of these goals, main goals, but each goal has about 10 uh, sub-goals. So we have in total 168 uh, missions we should achieve by 2030. I didn't realize that there were sub-goals underneath of each of these 17, so 168 tools, 168 pieces of information that we can use for inspiration for projects. I mean, that's the whole purpose of JCI is doing a positive and sustainable impact. And I think it's just a tool and it's, for me, it's quite easy to link most of our projects to any of these SDGs. I'm thinking like about when I was in JCI Haiti, they are doing every year on Mother's Day a blood donation because they realize that mothers, when they give birth, often die because they lose too much blood. So they are doing a project on um, blood donation to help young mothers to stay alive after giving birth. And what we sometimes not focus enough is um, to see the root cause of the problems and not only see the peak of the iceberg, but going more thoroughly, looking for what is the reason why we have this issue. We should ask the question why as often as we can to see what is the root cause of any problem and take it from there to bring it to a project that can really make the change of the root cause and not just addressing something what's uh, just the peak of the iceberg. Mm -hmm. That's something that I struggle with and, it, and really it's always a learning process, but how many times do we ask why? How do we know when we find that root cause? Well, I mean, you can ask it as often as you <laughs> want, but at sometimes if you ask it too often, you might end up with some not maybe not any more very logical um, connections. Or on the other hand, you will go into situations where you as an individual or an NGO cannot really change something. You have still limits what you can do as an individual and an NGO, and you should know these limits and take it from there where you are able to, to act. Before I traveled to Canada, when I was preparing my training, I was looking into my world survey to know what the three most important goals for Canada. And I could find out that we were talking about zero hunger, number two, quality education, number four, and clean water and sanitation, number six. So for Canada, this seems to be the most important for now. And I think there's so many different projects that 
JCI chaps as full sizes can do. And I think it really speaks about how the JCs aren't just a local organisation or a national organisation, but we're an international organisation too, aren't we? Yes, of course. We have uh, we are a worldwide organization with more than 5,000 local organizations over 100 countries. So like I said, the issues are different from one country to another. But what I'm realizing is quality education is uh, missing in many parts of this world. Mm-hmm. And for me, quality education is the solution for many of the other goals. Because if you know a lot, you reduce inequality. You can find a better work, you can make more money, so you have less hunger, so your health will be better. So for me, the education is the key of all the rest. Hi, Danielle. Tell us a little bit about the Sustainable Development Challenge. The Sustainable Development Challenge has actually been in the Okanagan for 15 years. And when I was a student in high school, I participated in this challenge. And at that time, it was called the Millennium Development Challenge. And the reason why it was called the Millennium Development Challenge is because the United Nations had their Millennium Development Goals. And so if you follow the United Nations, they actually turned the Millennium Development Goals in 2000 to the Sustainable Development Goals. Thus, the the project changed names and the focus changed with the United Nations priorities. I did not know that you participated when you were in high school. Uh, You just blew my mind. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Everything is, it's so much clearer now. Danielle, you're you're so driven. And as president of, of the JCI Kelowna and the first female president, that's pretty remarkable. Can you pinpoint this drive that you have to that involvement in high school and through college? I think it was teachers seeing a spark in me and giving me a platform to try different things. And at the time, the Millennium Development Challenge was my first dabble into this sustainability project development, kind of an entrepreneurial approach to problems. And really, that was my first experience. So when the opportunity came for JCI Kelowna to get involved and help run it and make it happen and provide a platform for other students to have the same experience that I did, I mean, the only answer was yes. What happens in this project? What are the elements of it? There are different phases of this project. So the first phase involves the students forming a team. Maybe it is people in their class. Maybe it's people who have similar passions. So they form a team and then they talk about which UN sustainable development goal is the most passionate for them. So there are 17 goals and the students can pick any one of them. They choose one primary goal and then they look at community partners. So is there a local charity in Kelowna that is working towards solving this problem? And so they partner with that organization. And once they do that, they write a proposal to the judges to get passed through the first round. Once they pass through the first round, then they receive mentorship. JCI Kelowna runs the two mentoring programs. There is one at the beginning of the program and one near the presentation phase. So over the next couple months, the students are working on their project. It's in a written proposal format. 
And then the uh, top 10 teams get selected from those written proposals to move on to the presentation phase. And so this process starts in September and the presentations actually happen at the very end of February. So it's a, a very intensive process with lots of research, community engagement. And by the time we get to the end of February, these projects are ready for funding. So Danielle, with so many aspects to this challenge, to this project with JCI Kelowna, who are you collaborating with? What kind of community partners do you guys have? Yes, we have some really important community partners to make this project happen. So GECO, which stands for the Global Empowerment Coalition of the Central Okanagan, they are a big wheelhouse behind this project, as well Global Citizen Events. They are the founder of this project. And then, of course, all the charities that we work with on a case-by-case basis. IC Solutions is the charity that they've partnered with. Okay. So you can imagine a group of girls having a, a passion for this project, wanting to go into Uganda. It's very important to have those roots in those communities. So the project is well-rounded and well-supported. Awesome. Along each step of the phase, there's an opportunity for your students to, to learn something new, to learn key, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, skills? I was looking for skills. <laughs> yes. Looking for key skills to move them forward in life and bridging that gap in that now they know about JCI and now they know how to, and not even just JCI, but just how to be a better human being and create sustainable change in the world. One of the things that I want, I'd be curious to see how this unfolds for the girls in their future, like whether this will inspire something for them moving forward. Well, I see that the opportunity for JCI Kelowna to be involved you know, maybe in 10 years, maybe in 15 years, one of those girls will want to become a president of a local chapter like I am. So that's the connection right there. For sure. This is a a remarkable project, I think, for JCI Kelowna to be involved in. Can you dive deeper and how it aligns with JCI values? Yeah, absolutely. So JCI is all about empowering people to make sustainable impact. And so what the Sustainable Development Challenge does is it provides that platform to students with this incentive of winning funding to support that project. This year, we were able to get even more sponsorship. So not only the winning team got funded, but then the second place and the third place also got support. And the ripple effect is that there are people in the audience who get inspired and want to see their favorite team get their project fulfilled. So people are writing checks in the audience. And the year that JCI Kelowna sponsored the grand prize, every single project received funding. And that's a huge testament to the strength of these projects. Okay, so then... We're going to lead into this interview with the winning team. These girls were so excited to share about their project and and share their journey, which I find is so inspiring to see. And they're not even in high school yet. So such a cool thing to see kids that age already inspired and motivated to move into the rest of their lives, which is, it's just so cool. I also wanted to touch on how this project aligns with 
JCI's goals for this year in that we are trying to bridge the gap, bridge the gap between JCI and the outside world, bridging the gap between our, our JCI members and the next generation, right? We're bringing the next generation into the fold. So the education for her is a team of four girls. They presented. I was there for the presentation, and I, there were three teams that presented at the finale, and they were all so well spoken. I'm so, I was super impressed. That I mean, that must have been through the coaching and mentoring and practicing and and months of work on their part, which is also another skill that they're developing is that dedication piece. I just want to commend the bravery that these girls had to get up in front of an audience of business leaders, community members, people they didn't know, and to stand up and talk about periods. I mean, there's a lot of shame associated with menstruation. And even in our society, it's not easy to talk about it. And so I just think they're so brave and they're true leaders. They really are. And that's what we need. You know, we need people like this, not just youth, but people in general to stand up, to talk about the issues that are hard to talk about, and really make an impact. I'm proud to introduce you to Bianca, Zahara, Isabel, and Anna, and their project, Education for Her. Let's start with talking about what the project was to you, how you got introduced to the Sustainable Development Challenge, and then how you decided on your goal. What really happened in the beginning was our mentor, Erica Van Oyen, who runs IC Solutions, which is the organization that we are with. She came up to me and my friend Bianca, and she was like, hey, there's this thing called the Sustainable Development Challenge. If you guys could make a group and maybe win some money for this project, <laughs> then we're like, cool, and we'll, then, we'll try. Yeah, and then Bianca and Anna have been like friends for a long time with me, and they asked if I wanted to join and I was, I said I'd love to. And then Sahara sort of joined a couple weeks later, actually. And we'd already sort of started the project, but not really. So we met because we had the uh, coordinator of the CDC come, come to the school to talk with all the teams that were participating in it. And Anna, Bianca, and Isabel were there and they were talking about what their idea was and that they were working with Erica because I also knew Erica from elementary school and middle school. So I was like, oh my goodness, that sounds really cool. And I was more intrigued with that instead of the one that I was doing at the time, which was something with um, Life Below Water. So then I was like, guys, can I join your group? And they were like, sure, we'd love to have you. So yeah. yeah. Many people said that we needed more than four people. Like everyone was like, oh my gosh, you need to go get more people. But we're like, we can do this. We got this. We're only four yeah. people. We can, the youngest people ever win, I'm think, I think. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty awesome. I'm really excited to see that more youth are engaged in making an impact in the world. Yeah, it's really yeah. awesome that they have this, this challenge for like all the youth to get into and participate and get hands-on with things. And that it actually does make an impact. Like there's funding for it. So it really does make a change in whatever goal you're working towards, which is really awesome. And like when we did the challenge, a bunch of different schools came in and a lot of people were not interested in doing it because they were really intrigued by the whole idea of it. And they wanted to make an impact on the world, which is really amazing. So we ended up going with our main goal being number four, quality education. 
And I, I know this, I personally believe in this a lot. And I think the whole group agrees is that when everyone has an education, they can work more towards fixing other problems in the world. So I feel mm-hmm. like if more people have an education, they can work towards other of the, more of the like numbers and yeah. more of the goals. So making it sustainable, right? You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink, that kind of thing. And so that's why you decided on this particular goal. It was inspired by your mentor, and then you guys really believed in, in what it was you were doing. Mm-hmm. So tell us yes. about what, it, what the project was and how you decided on making that project and how that supports your, your goal for creating education. So I see, because they have reproduction workshops, for both boys and girls, but they also give out um, menstrual kits or sanitary kits to the girls and show them how to use them, why it's important. And so we were like, okay, how can we do something like that that is sustainable? And then we kind of came up with the idea of a business for the girls to run by themselves so that they could get more hands-on. Basically, we want to create a business where we have four uh, women running the business and they can use the, the supplies and materials that we give to them to produce the kits for their community, which they can buy in turn for an affordable price and also continue their education. But also the women that are working at the business that are most in need, I guess, of income and stuff and that are suitable for the position. And so also the women that work there, not only are they going to produce the kits for the communities, but they can also use the, the materials that they have from the business to also use to make, for example, their own side businesses, I guess you could say, like sewing machine to make some clothes to sell off to provide for their family, stuff like that. They can also make like school uniforms because lots of yeah. kids need them. And then this really helps with education because lots of girls can't go to school because they're on their period mm-hmm. and they can't do anything. So they're like banished to their house and then eventually yeah. there's drop who's so far behind. Yeah. So by doing this, we wanted to ensure that the community had more girls going to school yeah. for a long time. What I see did in our hometown is we had these things called sewing bees mm-hmm. where a whole bunch of us would gather and we would make menstrual kits for women in Uganda, which Erica Van Oyen, our mentor, would bring them to Uganda every single year. And we felt like they needed something like something that would come a bit more often, something that they didn't have to worry until, oh, yeah, I don't have a menstrual kit until, I don't know, January next year. Yeah, because of like, for example, the menstrual kits, they're reusable, but if something does go wrong and it just doesn't work anymore, that specific girl won't be able to use that. And they only have so much, because I'm sure like I see gives them extras, but if it's all gone, then that person's not going to have any more left. So it was just a really good idea to keep it going and having them constantly be able to go to school and not forcing themselves, I guess, to have to use not really very hygienic ways to allow them to continue their education. Some of the girls, they like use sand. I think it's wet sand. And they put it up there to keep it, you know, to stop it from bleeding. And they also use they sat rocks on a pile and, of rocks in yeah. for days waiting for it to stop. Yeah, yeah. And probably every an unhygienic way you could think of, they probably have done it, you know? They're just trying to continue to go to school without having to worry about that or getting shamed about it, you know? Because in their communities, a lot, it's a bit more, it's less open there, but there definitely are people there that do support 
I see what they're trying to do and everything, but you know, it's still kind of the stigma around it. Even here in Canada and especially in Kelowna, there's still a stigma around it. It's still, you know, it's hard to talk about it. So we thought it was a really good opportunity to get it out there and get the audience to listen to us and hear what we have to say and what other, all these girls have to go through, these females and everything they need help with. Yeah. Another part of the um, uh, business is they were going to educate the women mm-hmm. running it about the human body and everything so that they could teach the girls as well so they understood what was going on, not just here's mm-hmm. how you fix it, but they understood why it was happening. Yeah. One of the most mm-hmm. important classes that we get as students is sexual health to like yeah. realize this is what my body does and we need to learn more about my body. So it's all normal. But the worst part about all this stuff is 80% of girls drop out of school before they graduated. And it's really sad. And we just wanted to do something about it. It's just not fair, you know? Yep, absolutely. And so you guys are making a difference. I want to ask about what you guys learned through the process. What did you learn about yourselves? What did you learn something about the world that you didn't know? Did you gain some perspective? I personally learned that once you get like, once you really get into it, I feel like it shouldn't be too hard to talk about this topic. The stigma around it is absolutely horrible. And us girls, we did this project about it and we're somehow a lot more comfortable talking about it. Yeah, and I feel like if lots of people would have done something about it, just something really small, a little like, I don't know, talk to their friends or something like that about it, then none of this stuff would have been happening. Like, I feel like the world would be a lot better for girls and going to school and menstrual cycles. Through doing this project, it definitely made it a lot more easier to talk about this stuff. For sure, this project definitely made it a more comfortable topic for me personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same for me. More comfortable. I also want to say, I think most people do have an idea in the back of their brain that some females do not have menstrual supplies. But by doing this project, it really made me think of everything and really understand where that all comes from, where it stems from. And then also, yeah, the stigma and just how some places have a harder time for specific reasons why they can't support these girls and why, for example, Canada does. And it was just really interesting to learn about that and also acknowledging it and knowing like, okay, this is happening. This is real. This is something that needs to change. This is something that, you know, a lot of people could change if they really wanted to. I think it definitely made me more grateful for having menstrual supplies. And obviously you can't think about it every time you have your period because you're in pain or whatever comes with that. But it just definitely made me more grateful and happy that I do have those supplies and people around me that do support me and tell me like, it's okay, it's normal. It happens to all girls and not just sitting in a corner and wondering why is this happening to me, you know? That was really impactful in my life. That's that's awesome. And I, I wanted to tie it into a question about your view of the world, how did it change your view of the world? But I think that was all kind of tied in with what you said there. Mm -hmm. Anything else you want to add on there? Mm -hmm. Your, your view of the world, like it got a lot bigger, right? Yeah. Yeah, Um, definitely. I feel like before this project, us four just, of course we were aware of some of the things that was going around in the world, but not as aware as we are now. Everyone likes to stay in their own little bubble of comfort that we live happily in a house 
with food and running water and electricity, and you never really think about other things. And once you do, you really feel, huh, I'm really grateful for what I have, but at the same time, I should do something to make a difference. Having Madame Van Oyen or Erica as um, my elementary school teacher, I did learn a little bit about things going on in the world, but because we were so little, we didn't go very deep into it. And so this project was a great chance to learn more about what goes on in all these other countries and how they have way less things than us, Yeah. way less privileges. Yeah, Erica Van Oyen was all of our um, elementary teachers, and she really opened up a lot to us. And she opened up half of the part, and then this just opened up all of it. We, mm-hmm. we now, I wouldn't say we're amazing in what's going on in the world, because we don't know everything in the entire world, but we at least know <laughs> that these things are happening. Well, that's something that we learn as we grow older. I mean, I'm probably the same age as any of your teachers and I've got, I've got kids as well. And you learn new things every day. You gain new perspective mm-hmm. every day. Uh, never stop learning. I think it's amazing that you guys took this project on. Has this given you some direction towards your future? Like what, what do you see your future selves doing? Is this driving a new, a new passion for you? I personally want to continue with charity work. I feel like I want to help out in the world to people who are maybe a little bit less privileged than I am. And I personally want to become a psychologist to help out people who are maybe not doing well or I just, in any way, shape or form, I want to help out. I want to live my life knowing that I made someone smile one day. I've never really been for sure to know what I want to do with my life, but I I do, I'm not sure this has given me much direction for an actual career path, but I know I really want to continue helping people in like spare time and stuff, but I'm not sure still yet what I want to do for a career and everything. Cause I definitely want to do more of these things and I'd love to go to Uganda eventually to like yeah, see our project definitely. and to see, meet everyone. See the, see the people that we made an impact on, people that supported us made an impact for me. I want to say I always was definitely leaning towards medicine, but I've kind of gone, I still probably will go into medicine some way or form, but I also have, I guess maybe kind of like what Anna said, um, kind of charity work or just going to help other people or maybe start my own organization and make it bigger, something like that. Or I want to become a humanitarian lawyer. So just helping people, even if I don't take it as, I guess, a full-time career, maybe like Isabel said, I'll definitely continue to help in my spare time to make sure if I have a family and stuff like that, that they know that this is happening and just continuing to spread what we, for example, like very grateful that I have like a nice house, a nice little town, a nice country. I will definitely um, have my family when I'm older, continue to help others and make an impact and share what's going on in the world because it's very important. It's since we have such an important position because we are in a, a first world country, we can help developing countries or the people inside them. And I just definitely will continue to always do that because I just, I find it so important. It's very valuable in my life. And yeah, I just want to share it with all my loved ones, all my friends, all my family. So, yeah. That's something that we talk about a lot, even in, in JCI, is part of what makes things sustainable is ensuring that the next generation coming up behind mm-hmm. you 
shares the same passions or similar passions and has that drive to make things better for the future. If it's your goal <laughs> to make the world a better place than when you entered it, that's, that's yeah. kind of the direction that we're going. So we finish meetings off in our JCI chapters. We go around the room and we say, for the good of the chapter, here's something I'm grateful for. Here's something that I'm looking forward to in the future. So if we could do that, if we could do a for the good of JCI Canada, that would be awesome. So I'll start and then you guys can do yours. So you kind of have an idea of what I'm looking for. For the good of JCI Canada, thank you ladies so much for taking the time to speak with me today about your project. And thank you for your dedication and your commitment to creating a more sustainable future for our world through quality education and through your passion. Um, so thank you very much. Um, yeah, for the you. good of JCI Canada, I'm very grateful for the opportunity to do this project and to help out girls in Uganda go to school. And I'm looking forward to being able to go down to Uganda and see that we have made an impact. For the good of JCI in Canada, I'm very grateful for everyone who supports me through all of the things I want to try. Like this project, when I said I wanted to do it, my parents were right there for me and asking me what I needed help with and everything and everything new I want to try. They're always there. I'm really looking forward to high school and exploring what I really want to do because I don't really know what I want to do with my life, but this has been a fun project. For the good of JCI Canada, I'm grateful for having a media platforms such as JCI Canada to continue to help us spread our projects and all the stuff that people are doing to help others. And I'm looking forward to being introduced to new issues and making a positive impact on them. Okay, thank you so much to everyone who participated on today's episode, starting with last year's International Vice President for JCI America, Nadia from Belgium. We had JCI Kelowna's Chapter President, Danielle Hofer, on here talking a little bit about her experience. And a huge thank you sent out to the student team who took the time to sit down with me and have a conversation about their project last year. So stay tuned for a few upcoming awesome episodes. Oh, oh. What? Hey, Sue. What? Jamie? Yeah, yeah, it's me. What are you doing here? Well, I'm just here to remind you that uh, you didn't have any French in this episode, and uh, I think it's time to say something. Oh, uh, you're right. You're right. Let me, I will put something together. Hang on one minute. Merci beaucoup, Jamie, pour me rappeler à inclure un peu de français sur cet épisode. JCI Canada, c'est un pays bilingue, donc j'essayais de parler en français pour le bien de nos membres français. Aujourd'hui, nous parlons de l'éducation et l'importance à son qualité. L'éducation, c'est au cœur de la durabilité. Plus nous en savons, plus nous pouvons aider les autres. Comment allez-vous aider à éduquer les gens? Education is at the heart of sustainability. The more we know, the more we can help others. How will you help educate our world? This is how we do in JCI Canada. Join, converse, inspire.